From Creation Ministries International, you're listening to Creation.com's article podcast. The research and insights that give God the glory, refutes evolution, and gives you the answers to defend your faith. I'm Joseph Darnell. For illustration, I'm going to attempt to describe evolution and theistic evolution as though they were mathematical equations. You can look at the chapter's art to follow along. The atheistic formula for evolution is, evolution equals matter plus evolutionary factors. Those are chance and necessity plus mutation plus selection plus isolation plus death. And all of this is added to very long time periods. In the theistic evolutionary view, God is added. So theistic evolution equals matter plus evolutionary factors. Those are chance and necessity plus mutation plus selection plus isolation plus death. And all of this is added to very long time periods plus God. Really, the only difference between atheistic evolution and theistic evolution is the inclusion of a deity. In this system, God is not the omnipotent Lord of all things whose word has to be taken seriously by all men. He is integrated into the evolutionary philosophy. This leads to 10 dangers for Christians. But first, let's answer the question, what does theistic evolution involve? The following evolutionary assumptions are generally applicable to theistic evolution. The base principle, evolution, is taken for granted. It is believed that evolution is a universal principle. As far as scientific laws are concerned, there's no difference between the origin of the Earth and all life and their subsequent development, what is called the principle of uniformity. Evolution relies on processes that allow increases in organization from simple to the complex, from non-life to life, and from lower to higher forms of life. The driving forces of evolution are mutation, selection, isolation, and mixing. Chance and necessity, long-time epochs, ecological changes, and death are additional indispensable factors. The timeline is so prolonged that anyone can have as much time as he or she likes for the process of evolution. The present is the key to the past. There was a smooth transition from non-life to life. And evolution will persist into the distant future. Now, in addition to these evolutionary assumptions, three additional beliefs apply to theistic evolution. God used evolution as a means of creating. And the Bible contains no usable or relevant ideas which can be applied in present-day origin science. And evolutionistic pronouncements have priority over biblical statements. The Bible must be reinterpreted when and wherever it contradicts the present evolutionary worldview. The first danger is misrepresentation of the nature of God. The Bible reveals God to us as the Father in heaven who is absolutely perfect, holy, and omnipotent. The Apostle John tells us that God is love, light, and life. When this God creates something, his work is described as very good and perfect. Theistic evolution gives a false representation of the nature of God because death and ghastliness are ascribed to the Creator as principles of creation. Progressive creationism likewise allows for millions of years of death and horror before sin. The second danger is that God becomes a God of the gaps. The Bible states that God is the prime cause of all things. 1 Corinthians 8.6 says, But to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom all things are made, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all things are made, and we by Him. However, in theistic evolution, 
The only workspace allotted to God is that part of nature which evolution cannot explain with the means presently at its disposal. In this way he is reduced to being a god of the gaps for those phenomena about which there are doubts. This leads to the view that God is therefore not absolute, but he himself has evolved. He is evolution. The third danger is the denial of central biblical teachings. The entire Bible bears witness that we are dealing with a source of truth authored by God, with the Old Testament as the indispensable ramp leading to the New Testament, like an access road leads to a motor freeway. The biblical creation account should not be regarded as a myth, a parable, or an allegory, but as a historical report, because biological, astronomical, and anthropological facts are given in didactic teaching form. In the Ten Commandments, God bases the six working days and one day of rest on the same time span as that described in the creation account. In the New Testament, Jesus referred to facts of the creation, for example, Matthew 19 verses 4 and 5. And nowhere in the Bible is there any indications that the creation account should be understood in any other way than as a factual report. The doctrine of theistic evolution undermines this basic way of reading the Bible as vouched for by Jesus, the prophets, and the apostles. Events reported in the Bible are reduced to mythological imagery, and an understanding of the messages of the Bible as being true in word and meaning is lost. And the fourth danger is the loss of the way for finding God. The Bible describes man as being completely ensnared by sin after Adam's fall. Only those persons who realize they are sinful and lost will seek the Savior who came to save that which was lost. However, evolution knows no sin in the biblical sense of the meaning of one's purpose in relation to God. Sin is made meaningless, and that is exactly the opposite of what the Holy Spirit does. He declares sin to be sinful. If sin is seen as a harmless evolutionary factor, then one has lost the key for finding God, which is not resolved by adding God to the evolutionary scenario. The fifth danger is the doctrine of God's incarnation is undermined. The incarnation of God through His Son Jesus Christ is one of the basic teachings of the Bible the Bible states that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and Christ Jesus was made in the likeness of men. The idea of evolution undermines the foundation of our salvation. Evolutionist Hoima von Dittfurt discusses the incompatibility of Jesus' incarnation with evolutionary thought. Consideration of evolution inevitably forces us to a critical review of Christian formulations. This clearly holds for the central Christian concept of the incarnation of God. The absoluteness with which the event in Bethlehem has up to now been regarded in Christian philosophy is contrary to the identification of this man who personifies this event, with man having the nature of Homo sapiens. The sixth danger is the biblical basis of Jesus' work of redemption is mythologized. The Bible teaches that the first man's fall into sin was a real event and that this was the direct cause of sin in the world. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Theistic evolution does not acknowledge Adam as the first man, nor that he was created directly from the dust of the ground by God. Most theistic evolutionists regard the creation account as being merely a mythical tale, albeit with some spiritual significance. However, the sinner Adam and the Savior Jesus are linked together in the Bible, Romans 5, 16-18 reads, 
and the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. Thus, any theological view which mythologizes Adam undermines the biblical basis of Jesus' work of redemption. The seventh danger is the loss of biblical chronology. The Bible provides us with a timescale for history and this underlies a proper understanding of the Bible. The timescale cannot be extended indefinitely into the past, nor into the future. There is a well-defined beginning in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, as well as a moment when physical time will end. The total duration of creation was six days. The age of the universe may be estimated in terms of the genealogies recorded in the Bible, but note that it cannot be calculated exactly. It is of the order of several thousand years, not billions. And Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 points out the most outstanding event in the world's history. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son. This happened nearly 2,000 years ago. And the return of Christ in power and glory is the greatest expected future event. So, supporters of theistic evolution and progressive creation disregard the biblically given measures of time in favor of evolutionist timescales involving billions of years, both past and future, for which there are no convincing physical grounds. This can lead to two errors. Number one, not all statements of the Bible are to be taken seriously. And second, vigilance concerning the second coming of Jesus may be lost. And we have three more dangers. They're coming up after the break. Many have been misled into thinking that the Genesis account of creation is not actual history, but is just some sort of theological argument. If you're stuck on the authenticity of Genesis history or know someone who is, a great booklet to read is 15 Reasons to Take Genesis as History. This quick read succinctly shows why those who believe in the inspiration of scripture have no intellectually honest choice but to take Genesis as straightforward literal events, just as Jesus did. This quick read powerfully challenges one of the major problems in the church today that affects the authority of the entire Bible. Read it and give it to your pastor, or particularly anyone contemplating theological training. It could save them from getting derailed from some of the misleading arguments common in theological academia. 15 Reasons to Take Genesis as History is available from the store at creation.com. The eighth danger is the loss of creation concepts. Certain essential creation concepts are taught in the Bible. This includes God created matter without using any available material. And God created the earth first, and on the fourth day he added the moon, the solar system, our local galaxy, and all other star systems. This sequence conflicts with all ideas of cosmic evolution, such as the Big Bang cosmology. Theistic evolution ignores all such biblical creation principles and replaces them with evolutionary notions, thereby contradicting and opposing God's omnipotent acts of creation. And the ninth danger is misrepresentation of reality. The Bible carries the seal of truth, 
and all its pronouncements are authoritative. Whether they deal with questions of faith and salvation, daily living, or matters of scientific importance, evolutionists brush all of this aside. For example, Richard Dawkins says, Nearly all peoples have developed their own creation myth, and the Genesis story is just the one that happened to have been adopted by one particular tribe of Middle Eastern herders. It has no more special status than the belief of a particular West African tribe that the world was created from the excrement of ants. If evolution is false, then numerous sciences have embraced false testimony. Whenever these sciences conform to evolutionary views, they misrepresent reality. How much more than a theology which departs from what the Bible says and embraces evolution? Our tenth and final danger is missing the purpose. In no other historical book do we find so many and such valuable statements of purpose for man as in the Bible. For example, number one, man is God's purpose in creation. Number two, man is the purpose of God's plan of redemption. Number three, man is the purpose of the mission of God's Son. Number four, we are the purpose of man's inheritance. And fifthly, heaven is our destination. However, the very thought of purposefulness is anathema to evolutionists. Evolutionary adaptations never follow a purposeful program. They thus cannot be regarded as teleonomical. Thus, a belief system such as theistic evolution that marries purposefulness with non-purposefulness is a contradiction in terms. The doctrines of creation and evolution are so strongly divergent that reconciliation is totally impossible. Theistic evolutionists attempt to integrate the two doctrines. However, such syncretism reduces the message of the Bible to insignificance. So, the conclusion is inevitable. There is no support for theistic evolution in the Bible. The Creation.com article podcast is hosted by me, Joseph Darnell and produced out of the U.S. studio of Creation Ministries International. Learn more at creation.com. This episode article was written by Warner Gitt. Our writers and scientists host a really cool talk show called Creation.com Talk, which you can find right here in your podcast app and YouTube. If you'd like to help us, become a monthly supporter using our donate page. You can also help by telling your family and friends to check out our podcasts and creation.com. Be sure to follow Creation Ministries International on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our free e-newsletter, InfoBytes. From everyone at CMI, thanks for listening.